0: and welcome to the MTP Connect podcast. I'm Stuart Dignam. Today we're going to look at clinical trials as an important export industry for Australia and how a new initiative from the Australian Government could help grow it even further. The Department of Industry, Innovation and Science has just opened the second round of their SME Export Hubs initiative. Grants of up to $1.5 million are on offer. They're aimed at supporting SMEs with projects to boost export capacity. And in the MTP sector, there is no doubt that opportunities exist in clinical trials. Our recent sector competitiveness plan identified the strengthening of Australia as a clinical trials destination as one of the seven key sector priorities. We've got the scientists, the clinicians, the healthcare professionals... We've got the infrastructure, we've got the ethnically diverse patient population and, of course, we've got the efficient approvals and regulatory system. And because of all that, international medtech, biotech and pharma companies are already contributing around a billion dollars a year to the Australian economy. But the scope to grow that number is significant and the SME Export Hub Initiative could help. So is Australia really a global leader in conducting clinical trials? Well, don't take my word for it. Take a listen to Barbara Dalton. She is Vice President of Worldwide Business Development at Pfizer and Senior Managing Partner of Pfizer Ventures, based in New York City. Her purview is the world, and Australia has caught her eye. Dr. Dan Grant, our MD and CEO at MTP Connect, and I caught up with Barbara recently in Philadelphia.
1: Pfizer Ventures is the corporate venture capital arm of Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company. And we make investments in very early stage companies um, in areas of potential strategic interest to Pfizer, either now or in the future, with an opportunity for return at the same time too. So we're both strategic and financial investors. And so that means we focus on areas that Pfizer's R&D organization is working on these days. Our world revolves around small startup companies. Uh, We're equity investors and we work to make them successful and pass them on to the next round of financing. There's a team of uh, about six of us from Pfizer Ventures here meeting with companies and identifying potential new opportunities. But yes, uh, when you have a shingle out that says you have money to invest, a lot of people try to track you down.
0: And your perceptions of what's going on in Australia at the moment, particularly around clinical trials,
1: so, I think uh, for me, more recently, I have become increasingly aware of the work that uh, is being done in Australia around early stage clinical trials, and that it's becoming more of a go to place to be able to get your early stage clinical trials, your first in man studies done in a rapid um, sort of reduced bureaucratic approach, um, which I think is being facilitated by organizations within the Australian government and at the universities, et cetera, for advancing translational medicine. But it's being looked at from the small company side as where should we go to do our first clinical trials in Australia is increasingly being mentioned in that context, which I didn't hear five years ago, too. So must be something going on there
0: so is it the uh, legislative and regulatory framework around clinical trials that's that's so attractive the streamlining of that
1: well, I think it's the streamlining of the uh, IRBs, the approval processes too, but it's also known for quality, so this is not cutting corners. There's a lot of um, wasted time and energy in getting clinical trials set up and run, and I think a lot of that is being taken out through some of the processes which are being put in place in Australia, and it is known for high-quality science and high-quality medicine too, so people are looking at the fact that the data that would be generated in the context of Australian you know, uh, trial initiated in Australia would be good quality data that would be acceptable throughout the rest of the world. That's what's very important. There's lots of places you can go to do clinical trials, but you need to be able to generate data which will be acceptable to the regulatory agencies throughout the
2: world. You've said it really well, though, Barbara. I think that, that we are recognized as having clinical trials that deliver quality data that is delivered quickly, um, is supported by great infrastructure, great clinical capabilities, a really willing population to do clinical trials. You know, we have somewhere in the order of 500,000 patients engaged in clinical trials each year, which is really indicating the strong support the community has. And another thing that we that we have going for us is that the Australian dollar is weak at the moment, so there's a great cost savings to come. Match that with the R&D tax incentive we have for companies who are willing to come and set up an entity in Australia and you can save 60% on doing clinical trial in Australia.
1: So you know one of the most important things for early stage drug development is to get some clinical pharmacology in humans. Obviously, that's the rationale behind the safety studies and the things that are done in the phase one level. But you need to know the clinical pharmacology of your compound before you start to go into patients. And the sooner you can get that information, you'll find out if you have to go back to the chemistry bench you know, and rejigger things in order to get the the results you need in humans. Many times we will see um, PK activity different in different animal species, so we're never quite sure whether the humans are more like the rats or the dogs. You know, when, and you have to test them in humans to do that. And to be able to get to that data faster, you know, is, is very valuable. It's very valuable, particularly for the small companies who are betting a lot. On usually one or two clinic, early-stage clinical trials to determine whether to go forward, and those are the companies that types of companies that Pfizer Ventures invests in.
0: So you mentioned earlier there's um, some some R&D priorities for Pfizer. Could you take us through what those are at the moment?
1: So from a research perspective, we have decided to focus on areas such as oncology and broadly oncology. Um, and inf- inflammation and immunology is another area. Rare diseases is another area that we're focused on. And then we have a, um, what we call internal medicine, which was cardiovascular metabolic, which right now has a major focus in um, uh, NASH and fibrosis in general, too. And then we have a vaccines group. And then we have a hospital injectables business too. So for those groups where research is involved, those are the sorts of companies we're looking to find investments in because they could become part of our portfolio in the future if their products advance successfully.
2: Barbara, that's that's really interesting because Australia has great capabilities in many of those areas. Is there any opportunity for Pfizer Ventures to look at investment opportunities in Australia?
1: Definitely. We are not geographically restricted. The one thing we do want to have when we're investing so far from home, and it's true when we're investing in Europe too, is we want to have a local venture capital group on the ground nearby the company. Um, It is difficult to travel that far on a regular basis, and in case things go wrong, or you need to have somebody there in a short period of time, we always want local. And we we also uh, like-minded individuals from an investment perspective. I know there's a lot of incentives from the government side in Australia too, but that's not sufficient for us. We need to have private venture capitalists, you know, alongside of us in these types of investments. But you should, if you think there's anything that we would be interested in from a company that is being created in Australia, you should definitely send it our way. We won't be doing 20% of our investments in Australia, but there's no reason for us not to consider investments in Australia. We are not geographically limited.
0: So uh, those priorities that you mentioned, are you finding that the, the startups and the small companies are addressing those? priorities. How does that alignment happen with, or or occur with what your priorities are? So
1: about 60% of all the companies in the biotech space are in oncology. So that one certainly lines up. That's always been the case. Oncology has always been a big sector for biotechnology for the past 25 years. So there's no doubt about that. What we call internal medicine in the the fibrosis and, and NASH area, that's pretty much a hot topic these days too. Vaccines is much rarer. I mean, there are not a lot of vaccine companies out there. And vaccine companies that meet the requirements of a company like Pfizer, you know, because we do look to our internal people to say, yes, we could be interested or no, we would not be interested as part of the process. I think inflammation and immunology, obviously, Australia is extremely well known in the, in the immunology space. It's a, as, a, as an old scientist, it was one of the areas that was well on the map in immunology and virology, you know, decades ago, 30 years ago, even too. So it's continued to be good in that space. Um, so I think that um, pretty much most of those areas are represented in the biotech community in general, probably the weakest areas: is vaccines. Yeah.
0: And maybe as a last question, and I know you've got a lot of demands on your time, so we're really grateful for you spending a bit with us. The, the sort of overall state of the uh, biotech pharmaceutical sector, you know, given, given the uncertainties in the world and, you know, societal pressures, how, how do you see it sort of standing at the moment?
1: I think it's great it's a very good time in the biotech marketplace Um, there is a lot of capital flowing into the industry which is always very good the ideas keep coming whether the capital flows or not scientists who sort of and oblivious to sometimes the capital flow issues. They always are having good ideas. Uh, I would believe, I bl- firmly believe that science is moving at a faster pace these days. Our discoveries are coming faster. We are unlocking biology every day in lots of different areas. I would say that's only good for the biotechnology industry. So this is a, a uh, industry that I don't think is going to go away because we haven't got all the answers and all the cures going forward. And I think right now it is doing extremely well and Although there are a lot of questions about um, the cost of health care, um, remembering that drugs are only a single-digit piece of the cost of healthcare. Sometimes it's as much as 10%. There's a lot more involved in the cost of healthcare, but there is a lot of focus on the cost of drugs, and it's something that we all have to start. We have to all have to work on on a regular basis going forward to understand it, to reduce the costs when we can, et cetera. But also, we've also got to uh, ensure that there is appropriate um, intellectual property protection. For this industry because the biotechnology industry will not exist without appropriate intellectual property protection throughout the world. Mm. And I think that that's critical going forward. So we've got some things we've got to be working on, but I think the times are very good in the biotechnology industry.
0: Fantastic insights. We really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure.
0: Dalton from Pfizer Ventures. We caught up with her at the recent bio conference in Philadelphia. And a reminder, applications are now open for the SME Export Hubs initiative. If you have an idea for how to grow Australia's clinical trials, exports, or other initiatives in the MTP sector, then drop us a line at MTP Connect and we'll help you to develop that. Again, grants of up to $1.5 million are available. They do have to be matched and EOIs need to be in by the 19th of September. You can get more details at our website. So thanks for joining us for this edition of the MTP Connect podcast. We'll talk to you next time.